Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Bane. Don't assume my gender. Friends since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, uh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from Dallas. Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, hour. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling. Sound is episode 425. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. My name is Brian Breaker. Joining me, as always, Big Underscore Bane. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. 425, man. Yeah, we are uh, 75 away from 500. Halfway to 1,000 after we get there. Yeah, wow. That, that's that's almost too many, I think. Yeah, uh, I yeah. remember when we got to 25 episodes, that seemed like a massive milestone. Yeah, we were like, we should probably just wrap it up here. Yeah, we're good. good. Back in the days of 2014, yep. simpler times. Yeah, simpler times indeed. <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about today. We got some wrestling talk. We got a little bit of movie and TV talk. We got some toy talk. We're smack dab in the middle of the 90s telewar, the Nickelodeon edition. This is a fun one, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, what's funny, though, is I feel like uh, even doing just a Nickelodeon 90s telewar, we could have probably done 16. Now, I know we oh, yeah. we try to keep it at eight, but like, there's a lot that got left off this one. Yeah, there really is. Uh, I think of like, hey, dude. Hey, dude. Um, um, you figure it out. I don't think is made salute it. your shorts even on it. I don't think it is. Yeah, salute your shorts would have been another good one. Um, I think I did pick Angry Beavers. I can't remember. You did Rugrats. Um, Rugrats is one not, is not on there. Uh, ah, Real Monsters. Oh yeah, is is a fantastic show that should be on the list. My brother um, and me. Yep. Yeah, um, that was a short lived show, but it was great. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. What would you do? Um, Wienerville. Wienerville, yep, yep. I never really liked that one, but... It was a weird show, but... Ren and Stimpy. I imagine people are upset about that one. Dude, that show is honestly just gross for the sake of being gross, though. Like, I, I remember... I liked one, it, but, like... That was one of the first ones my parents were like, yeah, we probably don't need to watch this. Yeah, like, I liked it as a kid, but, like, looking back, it was like, it's not funny, it's just gross for the sake of being gross. Yeah. And, uh, but one show that is really funny is Rocco's Modern Life. It's another one we um, that should be on there, but um, they have a homage T-shirt. I want to order. I haven't ordered it yet, but I love Rocco's Modern Life. It's it's another one though that has like a lot of a, uh, and it's they're innuendos that I I the chicken choker or something. Knew, I knew they were innuendos as a kid, but I didn't understand them. Right, but like there was a lot of sexual innuendos in that show. There was a lot of those shows had a uh, 
Super Nintendo games too. Guts yeah. had one. Yeah, uh, Rocco's Modern Life had one. Dude, speaking of Super Nintendo, I just found Hobbit out Monsters. that uh, next year there's going to be a Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios in California. I've heard that. Yeah, I just saw like videos of it. It's like it looks awesome. That's a cool idea for a theme park. Hell yeah, it is. It's like it looks like it's basically just straight up Mario, but like yeah, it's uh it's super cool looking. Yeah, I think that's. I know in in Florida they have the uh, the Islands of Adventure Park, which is like Marvel Jurassic Park. And oh, nice! That's super cool. But um, so I was wondering because when we went there in two thousand, we we did two trips. We did a trip in two thousand nineteen and then one in two thousand twenty one. And I really thought I'm like, well, Disney owns all this. Yeah, they're gonna lose this park. Yeah, and I found out one of the Disney parks is getting a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Ooh, and so I'm like, oh, yep, they're losing all the Marvel stuff. Well, they're actually not. They have some type of an exclusive contract where they're not losing that, and somehow Universal can keep it all. I don't know how that works, but hmm. they they're, they're keeping all the Marvel stuff, which interesting, smart on their part for being able to keep it because it's it's awesome. Hell they have, yeah, uh, the, the Incredible Hulk coaster, nice, which is fun, and then like the Spider Man ride, which is a classic. Hell yeah! So yeah, it's great stuff, man. It's um, it's it's crazy how how cool like those theme. When I say theme, like an actual theme to it, like a Mario one. I think there's also Legoland in California. Oh, I think yeah. that would be fun. That would be fun. Some of those places like I've that. I've never been, I have legitimately never been to a theme park in my life with the exception of Six Flags. Dude, you need to do that. There's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things ever is theme yeah. parks. Uh, that's, I mean, I honestly, like it's kind of sad to say aloud, but like a big, big uh, goal of mine is to go to like Florida and visit Disney World and stuff like that. But you should. It's so damn expensive. See, well, here's the thing, though. Like, my sister has did a lot of research on Florida, and she figured out this is a good way to, to think about it. If you plan the trip, you can actually plan it a year in advance and pay it as you go and all your food. So you get there, the only thing you have to pay is, like, tipping your waiters. It's all covered. Huh. What do you wait? What do you mean? Pay it as you go. Like, like, if, like pay if, it if, out if over you, the year. If you called them, like, let's say you called them January mm-hmm. of next year and said we want to come in August, you can pay it for eight months. And when you get there, so you can make eight monthly payments, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I know when I when I tried to I ske- tried to schedule one, I just just to price quote it. I think by the end of it, it was going to cost us for a family of four eight grand, yeah. but that was including like all of the the shit that you kind of wanted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So obviously there's some shit that I could have skimped out on. Well, but there's also times when they do deals and, 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 yeah. and that, that a lot of that we have learned through trial and error. Cause my sister did a lot of research on time. You know, Oh, well, if you call at this point, they'll give you this for free. If you call at this point, yeah. they'll give you that for free. And so I know for me personally, I was able to go for about a thousand all for cover. a week. Yeah. Yeah. For everything. Yeah. Not bad. Like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and all that shit? Yes. Nice. So uh, we can go into the weeds on this too much, but it's like basically you get a you get a, a voucher. Mm-hmm. It's on a bracelet, and it's all your meals and snacks and everything. So you get like a, a, a nice dinner. Yeah. Did you stay every, in one of their hotels? Yes. Okay. You get a nice dinner. You get um, a breakfast or a what they call a quick service meal. It could be breakfast or lunch. And then two snacks every day. Yeah. And when we were leaving, they told us, well, if you don't use a quick service meal, you can make that a snack. We can actually make that three snacks. Okay. So it's 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 interesting how it all works out. But we ended up having, like, before we left, like 30 snacks left. Oh, nice. So we ended up just, like, loading up on drinks and candy and stuff like that. So, Hell yeah. It, I mean, it's if, if you know how to work the system, mm-hmm. it's good. If you don't, yeah, you can kind of get 
end up paying a lot. But staying on the grounds is great because they have buses that take you everywhere. Yeah. And so, like, you don't, I mean, paying to park, there's like 20 bucks a park. Well, so. and I think another thing I did, which you maybe you did too, I did like the fast pass to make sure you got on the rides a little mm-hmm. bit quicker, which I don't understand how that works. Yeah. So, honestly. How, how it works is um, everything they run is through the app. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to get the Disney World app. And so that'll tell you the lines of each of the rides. And you'll basically, I think you get like two fast passes a day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, at four o'clock, Space Mountain, be there at four o'clock. And you go into a much shorter line. Okay. And then if like, okay, Splash Mountain at 1.30, be there around 1.30. And you go, basically, you can take two rides that are going to be a long line and make them much shorter. But you can only do it twice a day or whatever. I think so. Okay. I think you can probably pay more to do it. But okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's a process to, yeah. to learn the, the best way to do it all, but there's a lot to do out there. As our listeners can tell, I don't get out much. So <laughs> I I think that's uh, I think that's pretty interesting. That's definitely one of my goals. Like I and I'd I'd love to uh even Disneyland in California. Like I'd like yeah. to visit that. I think I think a lot but Universal Studios has always been something I've I've wanted to see. And, and, and see another thing about Universal's because it's not a part of Disney. Right. They don't bus you there. Right. So we had to use a lift. Yeah. And that kind of sucked. All the food you have to pay for separately. Right. So they want to try to keep you in Disney because uh, of that's course. where all the money is. But it, it's a fun place, man. There's a lot There's a lot happening there. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I got to show you this. So this is a video uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Teabag sent, the one and only Travis Fowler. I was going to say, who the hell is Uncle Teabag? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this made air on, like, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, or okay. or uh, at least or it was uh, Jim Crockett Promotions or something. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, like, play this, vi- like, let you play this video. Basically... I know people may not be able to hear it, but Ole Anderson's opening a gift. He said Bertha Butts? Yes. That's a dildo. Yep, I think it's a chocolate penis. Like how does that make air? I have no idea. Uh, I he sent that to me. I was like, this can't be real. Yeah, like come on. <laughs> but somebody on Jim Crocker promotion sent Ole Anderson a chocolate penis. It looked like yeah. God bless him. I mean, that's a pretty funny. Well, anyway, yeah. he sent that to me after he heard about poop senders. Yeah, because I was like, well, yeah, we gotta. That's pretty funny too. I think sending dildos is a lot funnier than sending shit. Because I, I still think that was chocolate, though. I don't think it was a dildo. Oh, I think it was. It was a candy. If it's actually chocolate, I'd eat it. I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd, I'd deep throat that shit. Good lord! Me? It's chocolate. Who gives a shit? Take a big old. I'd eat it like a banana. Again, who modeled for that? Right. That's a mouthful of penis for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I thought that was funny. It's something I wanted to share because it's just like. Well, that's ridiculous. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, we got a, we got quite a bit of wrestling talk. Why do you say we dive into it here? Well, let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them, buying energies. Listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. We underscore Bane. Uh, news off the top: Triple H is officially announced as entering retirement. I feel like we we kind of knew this already. 
Yeah, I mean, he hasn't wrestled in a few years. Um, I mean, I kind of expected that. And even his last match, it wasn't like he was wrestling full-time. I mean, that yeah. was like the first time he had wrestled in about a year. So, I mean, like, I think we all kind of figured he was done. Well, and that's and that's the thing is with that heart, what do they what do they call it? Like a cardiac event or something? But that's the phrasing they're using. Yeah, maybe not a full on heart attack, but yeah, I something you got to be careful of. Absolutely. Well, he said he's got a defibrillator on him now, and yeah. so yeah, clearly not in wrestling shape anymore. But again, he had a good long career, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think people just kind of just stop wrestling at some point, you know, and yeah. it's not a big deal, but. It is kind of you know disappointing when you're like, wow, one more guy from that from our era that's that's hanging them up. But again, that's the natural progression, and it is. And the, you know that whole thing doesn't bother me. You know, I mean, I, that man has he's a guy that I while he was there every single week, like he didn't really have much of an effect for me. But it was like when I started seeing what what all he was doing for the business and like NXT and shit like that. It's like fucking love that guy yeah like he's given so much for that business and just given us a lot of great memories and things like that and even looking back on his stuff with dx and all that stuff i always felt like like sean was the main guy in that but like now looking back it's really like that was hunter you know Mm -hmm. like hunter was a big kind of like the main guy in that whole whole shtick so well and i think a lot of people gave him crap for being like the guy that beat everybody but I think he also looked at it this way. I think he knew, and this is kind of a whole wrestling pulling back the curtain thing. He has to be, he has to get himself over to the point to when he puts these guys over. Mm, it it's matters. A big deal. Yeah. yeah. And Orton, Batista, Cena, he did that for all of them. It's like Roman right now. Whoever finally beats Roman, it's going to be the biggest fucking deal. Yeah. You know? So, but again, that's, it's good business. Yeah. And it, but it's got to be that way. If you don't present someone like that unbeatable star. Yeah. Speaking of um of all that with WrestleMania, um, how do you feel about the Stone Cold Kevin Owens thing? How it's progressed? How we really haven't seen Stone Cold on TV. Mm-hmm. We saw a little vignette. He's done a couple of podcasts, I guess, but yeah, we really still don't know what this is. Is that a good thing? Um, I think so. I, I mean, because if if we, you have no expectations, yes. If we, if we say like he's coming back out of retirement to get in the ring bell to bell going to beat up Kevin Owens then you know we have expectations that we're going to see Stone Cold and Trunks yeah vest and but you know the fact that it's uh we know that Kevin Owens is going to get his ass kicked on the Kevin Owens show it just sounds like it's going to be a brawl yeah. you know and so if he just goes in there hits him with a couple of punches in the corner and then kicks him in the gut Stone Cold stunner maybe a Luthes press you know it's like beer bash yeah that I'm cool with that you know do you think this will lead to to Austin making more appearances as a as a, at an actual matches? I hope so. If they do that, like they what they've said, like the Goldberg thing, two to three mm-hmm. big matches a year. Who do you think he works with? Uh, I could see him working Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think him and Brock will have to happen. Yeah, they could run that back. Um, well, because I think it's 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 a match Austin wants. I think if he wants it, then hell yeah, Brock yeah. wants it. Yeah. It, it's mo- it's a money match. Um, I mean, I I think there's actually huge money in Austin versus Edge. Yeah, it, with Edge as the heel that he's been. Yeah, because that really did they ever really cross paths? A little, but it was Edge was a low end. I mean, not a low end, but he was a tag team guy. Right, he wasn't considered like you know top top guy. Yeah, I think that would be a huge match. Yeah, in, in 2022, 2023. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, 
I I think matching him up with a lot of the younger guys. I I don't think Seth would be a good opponent for him. Um, I think AJ would be a. Fun I think one. AJ would be a great opponent for him. I mean, I think him and there wouldn't be a lot of money in this, but I think him versus Finn would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of the younger guys that I I, I say younger Finn's like damn near forty. Um, but younger to the roster, I right? Yeah, but like because I mean, like Roman, none of those guys—they're all late thirties, you know. Yeah, which um. Side note: I've been. Uh, I started watching the Monday Night Wars the week Scott Hall jumped. Um, just trying to relive that whole thing. On, on the WWF side, this one they're doing the King of the Ring with Austin and Jake the Snake. Sure, Jake the Snake was fucking forty two. Yeah, and like he looks significantly older than AJ Styles right now. Conrad Thompson's made that joke many times how they would say like someone's old, but like. AJ Styles is 44 right now. You know? Yeah, and it's like, even Hogan, he was like 41, 42 when he was Hollywood Hogan, right? Mm-hmm. He looked significantly older than what AJ Styles looks right now. Yeah. It's wild. how, And I mean, maybe it was this the drugs back then. I, who the hell knows? But it's wild yeah. how much older they look. It was but, a different time, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to what we were talking about, I... There's a lot of guys, current guys. I'd like to see him against Omos. I think that'd be. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I said get it. They get the hell out. Yeah. Of here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's there's plenty of guys though. I'd like to see him work. I think him and Drew would be fun. Hell yeah, that'd be. And I mean, I, there's a lot there if if they're able to pull it out. But again, two to three big matches a year, he's not going to get to everybody. No, definitely not. But I I think it's got to be a certain type of opponent because dude, what about him and Orton? There, that there's a lot of money on that. I feel like, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's got to be a certain. And I think. Orton's a perfect opponent for him because they have their similar, I hate the five moves of doom sound, but like they have their certain move set and that's what they stick to, you know, mm-hmm. where I feel like Seth kind of branches out, does a little bit more shit. And yeah. I feel like that's when you get the turnbuckle power bombs that might hit you wrong. You know, Austin's not taking anything. He didn't want to though. Of course not. But like, I mean, you know, we'll see. And I, I mean, obviously not, not sting notwithstanding i didn't i've never felt like the turnbuckle power bomb was that impressive looking of a move yeah i mean it, you pa- i think it's cool but like impressive like it's gonna finish it's, a match i know it's not that impressive of a move and if anyone's ever taken a turnbuckle it fucking hurts yeah and that's it's a hard move to protect yourself in mm-hmm. so i don't know after he hurt sting and finn and a few other guys i'm like we don't did he hurt Finn on that? that yeah, move? that's how he dislocated his shoulder. But he did it into the guardrail. Oh, okay. When he when he vacated the, okay. the universal title, um, or the ball, whatever they call it. I just I've never felt like the risk to reward for that move has never been that great. Well, and that was around the same time that Kevin Owens was doing the pop up power bomb into like the side of the ring too. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that looks more devastating. And I remember man. thinking like, my God, because the way Sammy sold that the first time I saw him do that, I was like, holy shit, did he just break his back? Yeah, well, and a lot of people have said that. Freaking sucks. And yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah. The side of the ring does not feel great. Well, and he even did it. There was one time he did it with, on the LED board side. And I was like, mm-hmm. there is no way that felt good. No. No way in No. I'm, and then, but again, at least that looks more painful than yes. it is. So Sting, yeah. you know, I know he jacked his neck up on that. And it just, it's a hard move to protect yourself on. So the yeah. risk to reward is not great. Right. In my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of matches for Austin to have, I think, mm-hmm. if he, if he's able to do it and choose to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as Triple H goes, kind of go back to that. I mean, I think he had a great run. Absolutely, no one can no one can say that. I think he was probably pretty close to wrapping it up anyway. He was only doing a couple of matches a year anyway, so mm-hmm. I don't think this is like 
like, oh my god, they caught cut caught right in the middle. No, yeah. he, he had a, he had his run. He kind of wrapped things up the way he needed to. He even gave back to the business quite a bit. Absolutely, absolutely, he did. Um, and I will say this, hands down, probably the coolest entrance music of all time. Oh, I, I would agree. If not, like it's top three for sure. You know what's funny is someone you mentioned this. If you notwithstanding like the um, the uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley stuff, mm-hmm. almost every entrance song he's had has been a banger. Yeah, um, my time was great. Yeah, it, 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 that's one I don't like now, but it was perfect for the '90s. Yeah, uh, DX still a freaking classic. Yeah, the I, the game, um, the evolution theme. Game evolution was good. I I didn't like the King of Kings theme as much. But I liked it when he was using that uh, for for when he... And I know he used it for in-ring for a while, but in the later years, he would kind of use that for just his like um, commissioner role or whatever the... Like was, if he was coming to cut a promo, he used that yes. theme, yeah. 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 But de- definitely good stuff. Um, as far as bad takes, Ryback, um, you actually quote tweeted this, and I think you got yourself blocked, didn't you? Yep. Blocked by the big guy. <laughs> That's the one and only time I will like wear that like a badge of honor. Yeah. Because fuck that guy. So he basically tweets like, you are the biggest disappointment to me professionally, uh-huh. but I hope you have like a happy retirement and stay healthy or something. Yeah. Like what a weird thing. And he tagged him in it. Yeah. What a weird thing to uh, put out there. Well, I mean, well, what's the purpose of you saying that? Like what is the point behind somebody saying that shit? So I know the guys at Drunk Wrestling History have have had their fun with Ryback over mm-hmm. the years. Will he go down as like the biggest like bozo in wrestling? Yeah, I mean at least one of them, yeah. right? Yeah, as far as like top five. I, I mean, and I don't know. Like again, a lot of this is based upon. I'll, I'll just say it out because I don't give a shit. There was a company I was working for uh, back in the day that tried to book him when he got released, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the price he asked to come to a match was like astronomical, astronomical, huge, yeah. like way more than than like what's what you would assume. Yeah. And uh, he asked for a direct flight from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like well, we're in Tulsa, that's just not possible. You're gonna have to stop at Dallas for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, Dallas or Atlanta. Yeah. I mean it's gonna it's gonna be somewhere. I mean, yeah, uh, that's basically the main or Denver. I guess we are we are not a hub. Yeah, like we don't have any direct flights. Yeah, and so. He wanted like a very specific type of rental car, which, you know, it's like, dude, you're coming in for a day. Someone's going to pick you up. Like, they, don't, not, they don't make Mercury Sables anymore, pal. Yeah. Like you're probably <laughs> not going to get a rental car. He asked for a five-star hotel. Right. Which again, I'm like, dear God, like it was. And then like, I want, this is the only person I'll work. So that's another person you have to pay to bring in mm-hmm. and then pay them and, you know, hotel and all that stuff. So it was an astronomical amount of money to the point where I was like, man, this guy must think he's a much bigger deal than he is. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like his, uh, he's going down as one of those guys where people are very quickly forgetting he was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like, I think it's stuff like this, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and realistically it, it feels like he was there for a hiccup. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was actually there a couple of years. He was, though. he was, but like, I mean, he wasn't the main guy in Nexus, either iteration of Nexus. I mean, it, first off, it was Wade Barrett, then it became CM Punk. Well, he also got hurt early on in that, and he wasn't in that very much. Yeah, and so there was that, and then he came back as Ryback, and they pushed him to the moon for like two months. Well, I think it was one of those things where putting him with jobbers, where he could kind of throw them around. Yeah. And he kind of had the cool new gear. Yeah, the RVD type gear, yeah. Yeah, and then he kind of had his entrance down. Where, yeah. 
you know, they'd zoom in on his goofy looking face and stuff. Yeah. I still can't believe he was on that tough enough with the Miz. That's baffling to me. Was he really? Yes, he was. Wow. The one Daniel Pewter one. Really? Yep. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, th- my, my point is he caught lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Cena got hurt and he ended up working that hell in a cell pay-per-view with uh with punk, right? Yeah. And that was kind of like, wow, okay. But he he stepped up into a spot, which that happens in wrestling sometimes, yeah. you know, and good for him for doing it and trying to make the most of it. I know Punk was not real keen on working with the guy. Yep. And uh but I feel like it was downhill from there, was it not? I mean, I know he won the Intercontinental title, but it was kind of short lived. Well, it was short lived and then he was designated. I know he did tag with uh Curtis Axel. Yeah. Um but that was kind of a forgotten thing too. It was. And you know, I think after that, like he was, you know, destined to the pre-show mm-hmm. if he was lucky, you know, and it's just, you're not the biggest star that you think you are. And it, Wait, where do you think that comes from? Just not, I think seeing some, what life is in front of you. I, I don't know. I think, you know, he's, he does the whole vision board and shit like that. And, and I don't want to like, I don't want to like lump everybody into the same thing, but a lot of people that I've, I've met over the years that do the whole vision board and like have their like, quote unquote, like, like, uh, speak things into being shit. Like there's, they have a lot of ego behind themselves. I think that's what it was. He's, he's perceiving himself as a big star. So he's going to be treated like a big star. Right. And so, so like they, 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 it's like, I recognize my worth as a human being and I'm going to be treated as such. And it's like, yeah, but you're not that way. You know what I mean? Like you're not three time WWE champion or anything like that. You didn't have a historical reign. You didn't main event WrestleMania or anything. You know, it's like, I don't know. You know, it's, I feel like that's what it is. Is he's just, there's a lot of ego behind, behind that because he quote unquote knows his worth. It's like, well, nobody else knows your worth though. Yeah, which is the big problem, right? No one's paying you to go do anything, right? Like, what's he actually doing now? Does anyone know? He's got he. Hey, you know what? He's got his own supplement line. Well, good for him. I mean, he was <laughs> jacked, right? Like, yeah. sell that stuff, bro. If yeah. You can do it. I mean, I think Billy Gunn has too. I feel like that one might work better. Yeah, I would Billy- rather take pills from an ass man than a Ryback. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm not trying to like bury the guy, but it's just it's one of those things where I'll bury the guy all day. Fuck that guy. It's just like why are you? What are you doing, man? Yeah. Like why are you trying to get all this attention? It's almost like he's trying to find a way to go viral, yeah, and then most negative way possible. Which is yeah. not a, not a good idea. Definitely not. Um, other news. This is kind of a fun one. Um, Shad Gaspard getting honored at the uh, at the uh, Hall of Fame this year as the Warrior Award. I'm very happy about that. I think that's awesome. So we all know back in 2020, uh, Shad tragically passed away, um, mm. saving his son. I believe they were in an ocean or a beach somewhere, yeah. and uh, the tide got a little bit out of control. Which yeah. I mean, I know that can happen. And uh, and he was trying to get his kid, and you know, told the guy, "Hey, save my son." And yeah, he himself didn't make it. To me, this is what this is about. Absolutely, it is. I feel like it's not been recognized that way, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that they're doing it this year. Yes, I think it's great. Me too. I'm I'm super excited. I hope uh, they bring JTG in to present I hope or, so. or accept or something because I think he deserves that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I think next year maybe we ought to get Crime Time in the Hall of Fame. The, the only reason I think they may hold off on that is because JTG is still working. You think so? Yeah, I mean he's in like NWA and stuff. That would be my only thought and i think they also want why to honor shad individually why won't they bring why won't they bring jtg back because he didn't do anything last time 
He was there for like seven, eight years. And didn't I know, do but that, that guy looks great. Oh, yeah. He's he's a good performer. Yeah. And he's super charismatic. Like, I mean, like, but you, you can't, you can't, they don't think you utilize that guy. Damien Sandow. Who's not, how come they can't utilize that guy? True. He got everything over. True. Like, I mean, the list goes on to people that they couldn't figure it out with. Yeah. Same company that released Bray Wyatt and Aleister Black. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, I don't think bringing back JTG is going to solve their problems. I think bringing back JTG would solve all their problems, Breaker. Yeah, but uh, but I and I'm, I am legit legitimately happy that they're doing that for Shad, and Me I too. think that's a that's a really cool thing and a smart way to to utilize his Warrior Award. Absolutely. Um, MJF made some news. Uh, he did a podcast with Ariel Hawani, which I don't think MJF does a lot of podcasts. I haven't heard him on a ton. Uh, I think he's got his people that he does stuff with, but and uh, I mean, I think he knew what he was doing. Yep, oh, and yeah. uh, he went out there and he kind of did a Roman Reigns uh, uh, promo for a podcast. MJF is not a dumb guy. No, not even Arya Hawani's like, are you doing a promo right now? He's like, no, man, this is really how I feel. He yeah. basically said he enjoys WWE. Yeah, he likes WWE. His contract's up January first, twenty twenty four, and mm-hmm. who knows where he's going to sign? Yeah, as long as the offers right. Yeah, um, smart business, right? I mean, we're at we're at that point now with wrestling where. If you want to keep people on board, you are going to have to pay. Absolutely, I think Cody Rhodes is living proof of that. Yeah, and I think if M not not that he would, but if MJF were to jump, that would be the first big shot to AEW. I, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. But I mean, someone could jump before that. You know, in t- like twenty twenty three, he still got over a year there, almost two years. Well, but I mean, I. But I see what you're saying. It's like a shot to the company. I feel like there's not a whole lot, a whole lot of many other people bigger. No, I agree. I would, agree. You know, I mean, there's definitely people that could probably jump, like, you know, Joey Janela. But I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's a jump. No, if you just let your contract expire. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with MJF, he's been to me like I know they talk about the four pillars, and he's the one that's clearly the. To me, he's a main eventer. Yes, he's not. A, he's not a up and coming guy anymore. He's made. Yeah, and. He will be a huge part of that company moving forward if they keep him around. I still think this is part tongue-in-cheek. I mean, let's be of honest. Of course. We've all seen the clip of him as security for Samoa Joe and yeah. shit. Like, he's not... I, if he went there, it would have to be an amazing offer. Uh, that being said, I did read that um, there's been a lot of internal push to keep Cody exactly as he was in AEW. Yes. Music, look, American Nightmare, the whole yes. deal. Which, that's what I want, too. Like... Uh, the the idea of hearing the same music that's been happen happening in AEW on a WWE stage, I feel like that's kind of important right now. Well, it's iconic music now. Yes, it's a, it's a really good song. I can't even remember. Okay, literally, as I'm saying that, I remember now. But like, it took me until just now to remember what his old theme was, the Smoke and Mirrors. Whoa. Thing. Yeah, well, it was actually the Stardust, wasn't it? Well, I remember Stardust, but like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Smoke and Mirrors is what I was referring to. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that one is like so far back in the memory bank that, you know, right now the song he's got now is the one that he needs to use. Right. So we were talking before we start recording and I was like, I think we're at a point now where these companies, it would be stupid of them to not let these guys be who they were. Yeah. Like, like why would you sign Cody Rhodes and make him? Put him back in like the the mask or something, you know, like yeah. Oh yeah, you definitely couldn't. You, you don't want to go <laughs> yeah. back. To me, it makes no sense to sign someone for big money if you're not going to utilize them right to the best of your ability. Like be kind of like ignoring Brock Lesnar's UFC run. Yeah. What? Like, you know, why would you do that? Yeah. 
We'll call you Bork Laser. You're right. It's brilliant. Yeah. So uh, with MJF, I think he's honestly just, I think he's having fun with the internet. Of course. Is what I think. And I don't see Tony Khan letting him go. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I mean, when his contract comes up, though, there's nothing he can do if WWE offers him more. No, 100%. Yeah. But I don't see Tony Khan wanting to let him go. Yeah. You, know, you we, think he would just keep the price going up, going up, going up, going up? It's hard to say. I mean, it all depends on. I, I feel like it's not necessarily about how much a guy's uh, worth. I like. Let's just say ballpark figure. The top guy there is eight million, right? Getting paid eight million a year. I feel like that's a bit high, probably. But like, I'm just saying, like, if MJF was like, okay, my contract's up, I want ten, ten a year, guaranteed. You know well, what I mean? But that's another thing too, and and this has been brought up by Big Show. He said Scott and Kevin had this in their deals. If you sign anyone higher, ours go up automatically. Yeah, and. uh you know, one thing I had heard Bret Hart say when uh, when WCW offered him the contract, Bret's like, or Vince was like, I can't match it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, if I do, you know, I have to match it for Taker yeah. and Sean yeah. and um, all these other guys, Foley probably, Austin. Right. Uh, so it's like, there's a lot. I have to up everybody's deal. Yeah. Because. That's what I'm saying. I think MJ is smart enough to realize, like, I could probably, like, really get some money out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but at the same time, like, how long does that last? You know, as long as he's relevant. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, in, <laughs> in the grand scheme of the business, though, because I still think that this is an internal plan by Vince to try to starve out Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. And if he starts picking his his guys that he's making, like Cody, great example. Yeah, you know, he left. I, you know, the rumor was that WWE offered him half a million a year. He turned it down. Now he's signed for three to five a year. Yeah. So clearly he is worth more now. Yeah. And maybe that's Vince McMahon's whole plan. Like, I'm going to yeah. sign all these guys after they become stars. Mm-hmm. You know, the Hangman Pages, the MJFs. Yeah. Darby Allen, all them. Yeah. And, you know, you know, starve that company out of talent. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is, but I don't see MJF actually going anywhere. I'll be honest. I think this is all work. It could be. I mean, I, th- I think that guy's a natural fit in either company, though. He He's will, one of the few guys that I think could work either side and be just fine. I, I do think, and I've said this before, and I think this is accurate, I think we're going to see a lot more jumps in the next few years. Yeah. Because it does keep things interesting for television. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we're going to see a lot more people jump to AEW, a lot more people jump back to WWE. Yeah, there's certain guys I don't know if I could ever see jumping. Uh, there's even people speculating that Moxley might jump back. Yeah, I heard that. I don't. I don't, I don't know. How, I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't know if that's. He's uh, been pretty critical of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole, I think, is a definite possibility. You think he would jump back? He he was so like, I love my time there. He was so kind about it. As was Brian Danielson. I could see both of them thinking. Well, I think I, I for sure. I think Daniel Bryan would. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know about Adam. I mean, Adam Cole's with his buddies right now. Sure. You know what I mean? Like. But again, money talks, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why Kevin Owens stayed. But I also think there's going to be another process to this, though. Like, if if you're an MJF mm-hmm. and Tony Khan offers you X mm-hmm. and WWE offers you a little bit more, well, what am I doing? Yeah. Well, we don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to go into that, even though it's big money. I wouldn't want to go into bad creative. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I see the point there. Because, because, and the reason I say that is because the the longer you're in that bad creative, the worse your name is. Yes, you go down yeah. dramatically. Yeah, you're no longer as big a star as you were. The money's great now, but three years from now, after all that bullshit, you know, you yeah. probably can't make that money. Well, I, like a good example is uh, is Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. I think he's a cre- an incredibly talented guy. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Butch. Yeah, you know, and so if we see three years of Butch. If he becomes Pete Dunn again, it will be big, but will it be as big if he just jumped to AEW? Right. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, you can't know that, right? But well, and also, too, Pete Dunn individually is, I feel like, a lot more of a star than uh, Butch in a trio. Yeah. You know, I mean, so because he's going to always play second fiddle to Sheamus. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Um, well, it's, and it's also, too, that Ridge Holland and Sheamus are big guys. Yeah. Pete Dunn's really not. It's like, oh, that's already like a it's bad, kind of, it's a bad fit. Kind of a pipsqueak compared to the other two. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's badly done. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. They just put them together because they all got accents. That's all it is. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, I remember when they put Brody and uh, Eric Rowan together, you just put them together because they both have beards. Yeah. And they're giants. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's not why. Come on. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to touch on in the wrestling here, the Blackpool combat club, the new team name of, uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. What do you think of that one? Damn good name. That's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I really wish to God that, uh, AEW would g- get their own printing machine so they could get off of pros and tees. Their shirts are so damn rough. Cause there's a lot of those t-shirts that I'm like, damn, those are cool, but their shirts are rough as far as price or uncomfortable and price. Well, you have to get soft style four bucks more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Well, like for me, I, I wear a double X. Right. So if I, so it's a 25. So it's already more anyway. So if it's a $25 shirt, you had four bucks for soft style. So that's yeah. what, 29. Yeah. And then three bucks for. Two XLs. So it's like $32. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't order them. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's too much. It, it becomes like, I, I do, I will say I do, do enjoy the WWE just has their own in-house company. Granted, some of their shirts have been dog shit lately, but. And, and there's been times I've gotten WWE shirts and they're stiff as a board too. But yeah. there's been other times where I've gotten them and they're super clean, super nice. Um, but I, I also don't buy, I also don't buy wrestling t-shirts that often. Well, WWE also does a good job of licensing. Like they, they use homage, right? Like the chalk line. Yeah. They yes. license their stuff out. Yeah. I know. Now that would be smart if AEW licensed out to homage. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they've got really nice materials. There. That's my favorite shirt company. Yeah. Um, I think that would be great, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this uh, Blackpool Combat Club, and the only reason I brought that up is because I saw the the new logo for the T-shirt. And, and like, it's a great shirt, but like awesome. you said, it's yeah. like, wow, that's $32. Yeah, something I just don't want to buy. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think that's a cool name. I wonder, um, was it Yuda? Is that his name? Wheeler Yuda? Wheeler Yuda, yes. I saw him kind of. I don't know if they were teasing bringing him along for the ride or what, but um, could be because he was kind of ha- on the outs with the best friends. Yeah, he's got regal slap too. Yeah, and so I, I think that might be a cool addition because he's kind of a younger cat. Mm-hmm. Um, which I heard him talk for. I'm sure he's talked before, but I heard him talk uh, last week for the first time. Had no clue that dude was just perfect speaking English. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I this whole time I thought he was legit from Japan. Sure. You know, I was like, oh damn, he's like. From America, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Good talent, too, from what I've seen. I don't know yeah. much about the guy, but... Yeah. Yeah, another guy that kind of came out of obscurity that AEW's kind of put a name on, which yeah. is which is great. For yeah. sure. But I think this is a cool idea, and I think it's also really cool that 
you have two main eventers that are working the tag team scene, but not thrown together. It's like a story built in. Mm-hmm. They had the pay per view match, and you know Danielson's like, oh, "Let's be a team. I don't team with anyone I haven't bled with." Yeah, they have this badass match. Regal shows up out of nowhere, yeah. kind of becomes their manager, and he, I love. He's like, "I'm not their manager. I don't manage. I'm not a buffoon. Yeah, I'm an advisor." Yeah, like that. Genius. I mean, so good. And it's a really cool combination of a tag team, too. You don't really see that combination of somebody who's technical and then a brawler put together. Right. That's not really a combination you see very often. So it's really a cool concept for the tag team. No, I agree. I think it's it's very well done. Yeah. And it it keeps that door open for like there's so many things I can do with this now. Yeah. And I think that that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a little bit of a little bit of TV talk. Why do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. This is uh tell you what we got now big underscore bane i i actually just watched this on hulu it's been out for a little bit i think it came out in 2021 but uh dark side of the 90s yes it's on hulu of course it's a almost like a spinoff of dark side of the ring from vice mm-hmm. they basically just took that idea and were like hey we're gonna start making it everything yeah so it's about 10 episodes they have you know episodes on the jerry springer show Baywatch, 90s like shows like party of five and beverly hills 90210 mm-hmm. um beanie babies 90s cults there's a lot on there it's um i will say though like some of the episodes are great some of them i just could not care less about yeah i think that's why i stopped watching it because like the first couple episodes were really good and then it just kind of fell off pretty quickly after that mm-hmm. so i was like eh, okay whatever yeah uh the jerry springer one was very interesting like yes. h- how they how that kind of all became a thing and because well, it originally was a legit show right well and then also too they were saying that i guess back in the day all talk shows were becoming this. Yes. And then there was a huge incident, which I'm not going to go into, but some somebody ended up getting killed. And so all of them steered away from like the trash TV element besides Jerry Springer, who fully embraced it. Yeah. And uh, like they were showing scenes of like them having people do like a food fight and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, the I don't know. I just, it was, it was almost uncomfortable how stupid they made a lot of people look. And I know a lot of them were staged too. And they didn't really go into that, but I know, there's video footage of Justin Roberts on the Jerry Springer show. Oh yeah, and I know there's a wrestler here locally that was on the Jerry Springer show. But it's hardly had emails yeah. from them to have people come in and audition. So yeah, it's a TV show. Oh yeah, but it was it was uh, perfect for the '90s, right? Yeah, perfect. I mean, it was that chaotic that chaotic time period. Well, and I also think too, like we look look now, like people go all over the place to try to find fights. Yeah, right on YouTube, yeah. on Twitter, and stuff. That was one place you could actually see like an actual street fight because a street fight's not pretty. No, it's people that don't really know how to fight fighting. My favorite ones were the ones that they couldn't even start the conversation before they started fighting. Like they would have the one you person just out the bleeping there, and then like the charge, and yeah, you, you had the one person out there at the beginning of the show, and then they'd say, "Let's bring out so and so," and they just immediately storm the guests and just start beating the shit out of each other. And it's like that's amazing riveting television well what's so funny about that is like do they have a bouncer back there holding them back come on yeah you know like of course waiting you're waiting for your cue right of course but i think that's what was so funny about it is people didn't see the pro wrestling aspect of this right and you know yes that i always laugh about because you know obviously you know it's fake right right but come on this is not real no and the fact that even dark side of the 90s they try to present it like it was real like okay yeah get out of here right i mean and i i'm a big fan of trash tv i think that that shit's funny and this is this is a 
prime example of that. It's the same concept of as why Jersey Shore was so like riveting and hundred percent sucked people in because or, it was just trash. Yeah, or why people watch um, or Dance Moms, right? All that, all that <laughs> Real Housewives of yeah. you know whatever. Like, there's a reason people watch that shit. Yeah, The Bachelor. Yeah, really. You I know, my, thirty uh, gorgeous women try to vie for his affection. Get right. the hell out of here. Yeah, my my wife and daughter were like watching. Uh, dance mom just the other day and it was just some episode where like three or four of the women just started yelling and and bawling their eyes out and i'm like so shocked that you guys will watch this but you won't watch wrestling with me right yeah and they probably look at you like what that's different yeah that's not well and they and they they said it was different but like the reasoning was because it was a it was women and they're not not you know fighting each other and i'm like well Still, though, like, it's yeah. a, this is the same type of entertainment. It's presented differently. Yeah. And I think what bothers me is when people, and I've talked about this on that on that podcast before, but it, it bothers me when people don't see the difference and yeah. they still think, like, oh, no, wrestling, it's not real. Like, well, this isn't either. Yeah. You know, like, what, what are you talking about? You know? Right. So stupid. Um, they, I don't know. They had a bunch of funny ones. They The one that I think really kind of got me was Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. Because I knew Beanie Babies were hot. Were you ever a Beanie Baby fan? I was not. Not? Uh, so no. my mom got really into them. Yeah. Which in turn kind of got me into them. Oh, I remember that China cabinet you guys have that was filled with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she got very, I think like everybody got compelled into the whole, they're going to be worth money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everybody was in. And like they've had, they had a lady interviewed on there that was like, yeah, I know a lot of people that turned, she's like, I personally got offered a hundred grand for my collection and I turned it down. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's life-changing money right there, my friend. If somebody walked into my office where all of my figures are and said, I will give you a hundred grand for these, like I would have taken 50 grand, (laughs) but okay. Well, of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they offered you a thousand, you might probably say yes. Yeah. You know, that's, but again, I think it's, it's not what they're worth. It's what people thought they were worth. Right. And something's only worth something if people are willing to spend it. Of course. So, I mean, I didn't realize that they got so, like I get, there was actually a uh, a murder over a Beanie Baby deal gone bad. Oh God! Yeah, they they talked about that. The guy that created him, his name was like Ty something, which I was you know his name mm-hmm. was on the tag. He actually <laughs> went to jail for like tax evasion or something, which is like Jeez. guy's a multi millionaire, probably yeah. a billionaire. He went yeah. to jail for tax evasion, seriously. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it, it kind of just became that weird trend, right? Where it's like these mm-hmm. little little beanbag toys became a huge thing. And I remember like they said, uh, UPS drivers they had to stop marking the boxes tie cause they were getting assaulted. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. Crazy how big it got. And what's funny is the biggest correlation I can recall is I remember I got into Funko pops a little bit after you did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said, Oh, these are just beanie babies. Yeah. I never really looked at it like that. Cause I don't feel like they were, I mean, they're not as popular now as they were. Yeah. But even even then, I'm like, they weren't... I never felt like they were like Beanie Babies. Yeah, I never looked at them as Beanie Babies. To me, I, I've always looked at any collecting thing as just, I want to collect it, not, right. oh, I'm going to make thousands of dollars in five years. I mean, it's not that. It's just a fun thing to collect. And so that's a, a big reason why like I a lot of people collect Hot Wheels because they can make money off that. I've never been into that because I'm not a Hot Wheels fan. So right. people collect what they want to collect. But yeah, it, it, it is crazy to see how, how far... 
how far that that went with the beanie babies and stuff and the mcdonald's ones yeah well i, th I think of like just more recently how crazy people got over the trading cards yeah and, and like, that's dipped a little yeah but it, even target was like okay we're not going to keep these on the shelf anymore just but didn't for someone the safety get, of our employees someone got threatened with a gun didn't they yeah. in the parking lot yeah and it's like come on man over trading cards settle down well and that and i've seen the videos too where like they let people in and like 20 people dash right over to the cards yeah right and i i don't know why that hit like it did but it did i mean i'm sure gbm or cleaner would be able to give more information on even travis yeah. is very into cards you know yeah. a lot of people like cards but and i've always liked cards but to me it was always about collecting not about reselling yeah i mean cards are small enough i feel like to where they don't you can you can buy a little three ring binder and, and keep them in like i've never really thought about like putting them in hard cases to resell you know no or getting them graded or whatever yeah i, I think it just depends on what you're into you sure know? i mean everybody collects different stuff i guess but yeah but those got hit those got hit real hard for a while wwe figures were huge for a minute yep um now aews are a big deal right and i think that will dip like everything else i think it has dipped a little it has um there was a period there where you could not find them on the pegs yeah. anywhere um what do you think the next big one's going to be hell i don't know i don't either i mean i feel like we've ran through all the fandoms you know yeah uh, there's po always there's pokemon always might make a comeback yeah it kind of did for a little bit there yeah yeah well, that's right it did didn't it yeah, yeah. um i think funko pops will get big again I don't know. I feel like they'd have to do something pretty spectacular yeah. for that to come back. They're um, trying new stuff all the time. Yeah, a lot of their a lot of their stuff is just not it's not a hit for me though. I felt like when I was really into Funko and maybe maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, the Mandela effect, but I felt like every week there was like a new line that was announced that was amazing. Yeah. Oh my was. god, they're making Tommy Boy. Well, are you I don't know if you remember, like, you and I had, like, long-ass wish lists of, like, things that they could make. And so many of them came true. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. And, and I think it's because, and, and that's why I say, like, there's no comparing them to Beanie Babies because Beanie Babies was its own thing, whereas Funko literally goes out and gets licensed for everything. Right. And they can make everybody and everything. And, and they're all compatible. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know, it's with Funko, it's one of those things, like, I fell out of them. I felt like when, as far as me collecting them, I started, I think I started falling out of them when they started doing those um, cans or whatever. Sodas. Yeah. That was when I was like, I think I'm done. Yeah. Like this is kind of getting ridiculous. I was a little bit before that. But yeah. I, I mean, the cereal was kind of like my first, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then like they, they would try to do those little, like the vinyl two packs and, yeah, some weird stuff. Which there was a couple of those that I actually really liked, um, mm. but they just weren't. It wasn't the same. The the yeah, I think yeah. I was gonna say I think Dorbs was actually a different brand. Yeah, it was. Um, but but yeah, the uh, the vinyls. I mean, they were okay, but they weren't the same. Well, but then there was like so many little things like Batman the Animated Series. I was wanting to get all those. Yeah. But, oh, you have to get this collector box so that you can. Get the exclusive Mr. Freeze. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. It it consumes your life, I guess, and it just be, kind of becomes yeah. now now this collecting hobby is a pain in the ass and it's not fun. Right. And I think they kind of kill it themselves. Is what and I, I think I think when you do the like, exclusives are fun, but I think that does make it to where it is a pain in the ass for people and it kind of turns a lot of people off. I think if you do exclusives, AEW does it well. They make them chases, so yeah. it's like you can still get a Chris Jericho, but the special edition Chris Jericho looks a little bit different. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. I could pass on that or the diehards like, Oh, I want all of them. Okay. That's fine. Right. And 
I look at like a it's like the last line of Funkos that I collected was the uh, DC Christmas line. That yeah. was like the last line I've. I've and I almost bought. got those, but I didn't. Um, but it took me up until I think last year, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before, to actually complete the line. No, it was actually I'm lying. It was this past Christmas, finally completed the line because they finally had that Hot Topic exclusive penguin. They had it on Amazon, mm. so I just bought it for like. I think it's like fifteen bucks. Right. I was like, okay, I'll just I'll go and buy that, and now I'm I'm like done. There's literally nothing else I want. Right. And and I think that's what they 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 hurt themselves with the exclusive. I actually went into a hot topic probably about a month or a month and a half ago. Dude, their pop collection was small, and they had a shitload there at one point. It used to be that whole back wall. Yeah. That entire back wall from floor to the top. It was probably an eighth of that like three shelves maybe yeah yeah i was just like whoa so it it, that popularity died very very quick oh yeah so yeah um we got a little bit of toy talk what do you say we dive into it here let's do it here we go open the box it's the part of the show we'll break your remain do a bit of toy talk all right we got a little bit of toy talk so last week i had you uh review the uh the new retro Mattel Creations Rowdy Roddy Piper. This week we got old Ace Bob Orton himself, Cowboy Bob. He's got his uh, trademark green trunks, his hat. He's even got the uh, one arm kind of taped up like the cast. I don't personally think that's very well done, but overall it's not a bad figure. What do you think of Cowboy Bob there? Yeah, not a bad figure. Um, uh, has he had, he's had elites, right? Yes, he's got that new boxing Bob out. Okay. He's had a, an elite two pack with Piper back in the day. Um, I think he's had one basic too. Has he? He never had an LJN though, or anything. He like did have that? an LJN. Did he have an LJN? He did. Yeah. Okay. I actually had that one. Did you? Yeah. He, he had his uh, vest on, and oh was, shit, I had that one too. I he, didn't realize that was him. Yeah, and he had a removable uh, cowboy hat. Okay. I believe he was in green trunks then too. Okay. Yeah, actually, I had that too. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, but Bob Orton's not had a lot of figures, so this is kind of he hasn't. And I think to try to recreate WrestleMania one, they did a good job of. They've made almost every, they have no Orndorff, which I think was kind of a weird one, but, um, but yeah, we get a new Piper, which you know kind of needed an upgrade. Now we've got him in gear. Yep. And uh, Cowboy Bob. Uh, overall, I don't hate it. It's not a bad figure. I feel like uh, having the hat on reminds me of an of a Hasbro. They always wore their hats. Yep. And uh, the cast could have been a little bit better, maybe, but uh, overall, not bad. Not bad at all. It's a. Uh... It's so weird to me to think about that that is Randy Orton's dad. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Two there's, totally different characters. Well, there's nothing about him that seems like Randy Orton. Yeah. I think. And so seeing it, you're just like, oh, okay. Like, and they don't really even, to me, look that much alike. Yeah. Like you can kind of see similarities, but similarities, like, but it's not, it's not dead on. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a number two of four of the retros. Now we're going to dive into uh, the 90s telewar here, big underscore Bane. Um, so as as you know, um, Double Dare squeaked past Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yep. Moving into the semifinals this week, we have Doug versus Guts. Last time I checked, Doug was kicking ass. So Doug wins 67% to 33%. I'm shocked by I this. I am super shocked by that. The game shows tend to always win, but we must have a lot of Doug fans out there. I'm happy. I, I, don't, I don't know if y'all remember out in podcasting land last week. I was like, I want Doug to win, but I think Guts is going to take it. Well, that's what I thought, too. And, uh, well, boy, we were wrong, weren't we? Yeah, I'm glad. 
I'm glad. So, so that moves Doug into the semifinals. It'll go, be going up against Double Dare. I see. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, I still think Double Dare will win. But, I mean, obviously we've got a lot of Doug fans. Yeah, I'm glad. So uh, that leads our, our match next week. The Angry Beavers versus Keenan and Kel. God. This will be our third first-round match. I think um, Keenan and Kel is taking it. I think so, too. I See, I didn't really like all that, but I love Keenan and Kel. Yeah. I love that it was a sitcom. It was such a good show. Kel loves orange soda. The little grocery store Keenan worked at. I mean. And I loved some Angry Beavers, but, like, I just I, I don't see it beating out Keenan and Kel. I didn't like it as much. I thought it was okay. I thought it was a great show. Uh, it's not my great. favorite Nicktoon. Great. I mean, it's no, it's not my favorite either, but it was still great. It was okay. It was okay. Shut the f- God. You are the worst. Keenan Kell was all about trying to find insane things to get into. And I remember one episode, Kell miraculously recovered from the cold mm-hmm. after a day because of this big concoction Keenan made. And so they realized they could cure the common cold. Yeah. They're trying to recreate it, but they can't remember. Yeah. Very, very funny. Good stuff. Yeah. It was a good show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, Kel loves orange soda. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, I mean, Keenan Thompson became a huge star off of that. Yeah, he's on Saturday Night Live as we speak. He's been on for a long time, too. He has. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know. He kills it on that show. He cracks me up every time I see him. Dude, he was the freaking elevator operator for uh, David Pumpkins. He was. And and even in that small scene, he did great. Yeah. Very, very funny. Oh, yeah. Kel, I haven't seen him do a lot lately. No, I've seen him a, a little bit more these past couple of years, but uh, I, I know he was actually like kind of at odds with Keenan for a little while. I, I heard they made up though. Uh, yeah, I did too, but I heard they were kind of at odds there for a little while. So I don't know if maybe Drake uh, and Josh are all at odds too. Uh, which, that, one, which one was the skinny one? Uh, that was Drake. Josh uh, is now skinny, but he was the chunky one on well, the show. Apparently, so I saw this interview with Josh. Uh, Cause yeah, he was the, he was the chunky one back then, but he, he looked good. He looks good now. Cause he's on like, he, I knew how I met your father. He said like, we were never really friends. Yeah. He, he said like, we weren't like, I didn't even invite him to my wedding. And like, apparently like that really pissed him off. But I'm like, we weren't that close. Like, <laughs> see, I actually heard uh, Mark Paul Gossler talk about the, when being at odds with uh, Dustin Diamond all those years, mm-hmm. the whole cast was. He's like, we didn't. I mean, we're co-stars. He said we're we're, sh- we're friends on the show, so people think that that translates to real life. He's like, right. he doesn't understand. Dustin's like three years younger. Yeah. So to a lot of us, he was kind of annoying, yeah. and that's not like trying to talk bad about him. It's just oh, the yeah. truth, you know. Yeah. And so we were we were we were coworkers. Yeah. We weren't we weren't friends, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so he said, you know, like anything, he said, like with a work friend, you kind of move on. Yeah. And you you don't. To keep in touch, and he kind of went off the deep end, started trashing everybody out. Yeah, and that's what happened. And I think Drake, I don't know if he's still in jail, but I know he got arrested yeah. like not too long ago. So Yeah, bad, bad thing. And that's actually a Nickelodeon show that I never watched because a little bit out of our era. We we were older at the time, um, yeah. But it's, um, I mean, I've seen I've seen clips of it because, you know, Cameron watches it, and it's, it's not a bad show. It's just, and maybe they were like that when we were younger. I, I haven't really gone back and watched them, but I felt like shows in like my kids' generations are just unnecessarily loud. Yeah, they're like way too over the top. Yeah, it's like okay, like I know my shows were obnoxious, but this is like way way obnoxious. So my niece used to be really into the Disney Channel sitcoms, mm-hmm. like Good Luck Charlie and Austin. I Alley. love Good Luck Charlie though. Yeah, well, I'll still watch that show. The thing that always got me about that is they all overacted. Oh, oh yeah. Big time, big time. The acting just, is terrible to the point where you're like, Oh my God, like tone yeah. it down a bit, you know? Yeah. But, um, there was a, 
Dog with a Blog was another one that my kid uh, yeah. Marissa she watched, watched, she watched that one a too. lot. Yeah, and Bizarre Vark. <laughs> I never saw that one. Yeah, no. that was one. I think uh, that Zendaya from Spider Man was in some okay. show that she watched. She she also like Wizards of Waverly Place. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I yeah. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about yeah. it. Yeah, all that all that Disney Channel Nickelodeon stuff, man. Yeah, good so stuff. yeah, I think uh, safe bet Keenan and Kel moves forward. I think so, um, unless unless you know our real monsters just you know comes out with a with a roll up one two three, you know. Well, that would be impossible because it's Angry Beavers. What did I say? All real monsters. Oh, I just got all real monsters on my brain. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of Funko Pops, I I don't remember his name, but the dude that held his eyeballs. I can't think of his name either. I did buy his Funko Pop. Did you? Because I thought that looked cool. I really liked that cartoon, but it's been so long since I've seen it. Like, I don't remember any of the names. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. I just thought it was a, it was a creepy show. It was. So I, another like show. Yeah. Another show I really liked back in the day was Courage the Cowardly Dog. And that was a really creepy show. Never watched that one either. Yeah. That was on Cartoon Network. Actually. I remember watching Two Stupid Dogs. I don't, I don't even know what that show is. Yeah. It was just two dogs that were buddies that were dumb. Oh. I remember one episode specifically watching it where they were trying to get into a arcade mm-hmm. and like it was closed. They wouldn't open. He's like, how are we going to wait? It doesn't open for another two hours. And he's like, I know we'll have fun because time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. And so like, I said, we're going to have more fun, all the fun we can have. So time will fly. And then they do that. And then the arcade opens and they're exhausted. And it's like, and all the fun you could have. And they run off because they've already had too much fun and they're tired. <laughs> oh Again, gosh. it was, it was not the greatest show. Um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? Uh, real quick. So I was watching, uh, talk, talk to the beginning of the show. I was watching the, uh, the ad, the beginning of the attitude era pretty much dude. I've, I've always said that I was a big WWF guy over WCW watching it back. I don't know how the hell I was because all of like the super good talent for the most part, with the exception of a handful of guys were in WCW. Yeah, well, I think it's it's kind of like AEW now. Yeah, I feel like they put on a much better show. Yeah, but people do have undying loyalty to WWE because that's what we know. It was it was weird. So like I like I was watching the dude like freaking had obviously Sting, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, uh, William Regal, like, mm-hmm. and William Regal and Sting were in a program together. Yeah, like in '96, absolutely. Regal just straight up bit slap Sting like, in in this one. I was like, holy shit! And but then, then like so many like all the cruiserweights. Yeah, well in. Freaking Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, um, Ming, the Barbarian, yeah. dude. And how the hell was that team not the biggest deal in wrestling? Those guys were badass. Then the name, the Faces of Fear. Are you kidding me? Like that's amazing. Those guys were legitimately badass, and like they can't get anything. Yeah, I know. Like they were never even tag team champions, to my knowledge. I don't think. I think you're right. Like what the hell? I mean, Barbarian himself is just like he looks badass. And then Ming is like legitimately, I'll rip your tongue out. Yeah. You know, I mean. Ming and the Barbarian, the faces of fear, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Those guys are badass. Like they should have been straight to the moon and stayed there. But then also like the young Dean Malenko's and Eddie Guerrero's. Yeah. Like, dude, such a good product. And then WWF, like really wasn't a whole lot there. No. And that's, I think what was so crazy about it is because we were so ingrained with, um, with WWE. Well, it was Hogan, Warrior. Those are the top guys for us, right? Yeah. And then and then you go there, and now you're watching, like, you have Taker, you have yeah. Brett, you know, Owen, Bulldog, Sean. Right. So there are some big names, but there were so many. But there but was, like, the God ones. But, it, but it's undeveloped talent. Like, you, right. have, you don't have Kane, you have Dr. Isaac Yankum. Right. You don't have Rikishi, you have Fatu here to make a difference. You don't have Triple H, you have Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But then, honestly, <laughs> I, think, I think the shift was Razor and Diesel. 
I think so too. And I think when they left, it really created that void. And like, I'll be honest the first time I saw that image of Scott Hall, mm-hmm. cause it wasn't that when it happened live, but it was like, you know, the recap of seeing him walk down. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. That's freaking razor Ramon. What a perfect match to interrupt too. Cause that was such a Mike like, Enos. <laughs> it was too, it was too like, like uh jobber guys. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that was perfect. And then, it, but it's like, he's in that he's in jeans and he's in the denim vest, mm-hmm. which I think it was me and Travis and Steve Hoker were talking. Like, how come they haven't made a figure of that? Yeah, I heard that on Fully Posable too. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what brought it up because they heard that. Like, that's what a good look that was. Mm-hmm. You yeah, because it, it was very Razor without being Razor. Yes. Yeah, it was like Country Boy Razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, great but, look. Yeah, I just I thought I'd bring that up because I found that so interesting. Because I've always been a WWF guy, but looking back, like WCW was the show. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. But I mean, WWE had good talent too. But it just again it. Changed. The presentation was bad at the time, though. But also think about 97 when Bret Hart leaves, the entire Hart Foundation leaves. Yes. How many talents we lost in yeah. that one foul swoop. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, anything else, man? That's it. Well, we want to also shout out some of our podcasting buddies like the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast with Jeff and Scott over there putting on a great show every Sunday. Check them out. And Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Yes. Uh, doing the favor with Eric and Barry putting on a couple of great shows, the watch alongs, the sports shows, check them out as well. Absolutely. Uh, the positively pro wrestling podcast with Steve and Eric, a nice retro look at pro wrestling, the ringside rant with RJ, the leisure and lariats podcast with ruthless Ryan Davidson, boot to the face with Marty and Rucker tales from the estate with drew Vinsel, his wife, Caitlin, and of course uh, the twins over there as well. Absolutely, man. So like, I don't know if you saw drew put up a poll or the tales from the estate uh, Twitter, put up a poll pep, pineapple on pizza. I'm not a pineapple on pizza guy though. And I, and I realized like I'm in the minority there. So it, it brought up a, so I've always liked pepperoni on pineapple, right? I I, see. I always thought it was like pineapple and uh, Canadian bacon. That's what they, that's what they mainly advertise, but I've always liked, I've always liked pepperoni on pineapple better. And I got that idea from a nineties television show, the famous Jit Jackson. Was that Nickelodeon or Disney? That was Disney. And actually, now that I say that, I feel like it was 90s. I think it was late 90s, maybe 98, 99. Yeah, it might be more 2000s. Um, but it, I think it ran through the first few years of the 2000s. But that was that was where I first heard about it. I had heard of Canadian bacon and pineapple. He was also cyborg on but, Smallville, fun yes, fact. Yeah, um, but I never heard of pepperoni and pineapple until he said it and tried it out. <sighs> Freaking amazing. And then uh, Drew... Said he likes, I think, I think this is the combination pepperoni, uh, pineapple, and jalapeno. Oh, a little sweet and, and spicy. Oh, that sounds amazing. To I me. Bet that, see, I'm just not a pineapple fan, and I think that's why you're not a like, period. Period. I can eat, I can drink like the flavor, but I love pineapple the fruit. I like putting it on my burgers, I like putting it on my chicken. I didn't ask for an opinion. Shut the hell up. I'm, I'm giving you my. This is a podcast. <laughs> That's what we do, Breaker. Well, it's just not. It's not a. It's not a thing for me. Like if I get yeah. like a teriyaki chicken, I take the pineapple off. I'm just like, nah, no, nah, I'm good. My God, not a pineapple guy. What about what about Christmas ham? Uh, I don't eat it. I like the flavor of it. So it's is it more of a texture thing for you then? I think so. Okay, that makes sense because yeah. pe- people have things about textures. Like I, there was a. I'm not a big fan of the texture of fish. Sure. I don't yeah. mind the taste of fish, but the texture of it is like, oh, that's weird. Those flakes, <laughs> it weirds me out a little 100%. bit. 100%. I get what yeah. you're saying. And I, yeah. I do like some fish. Mm-hmm. I don't like all fish. I'll eat fish, but while I'm eating it, I'm like, damn, I wish this was chicken. Well, it's, it's kind of like, it's like it, you're trying, like you're like, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You're telling yourself right. that, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Texture's a, a big thing. Like, uh, 
for the longest time, I couldn't do coconut. Yeah. Not the flavor. It was the consistency. Yes. So, no, I completely get that. My brother won't eat eggs. Like Really? In, in his 40s, he won't eat eggs because... You know, I say in his forties, he's thirty nine, but um, he I don't think it's going to change, it, though. right? It, yeah, it's he won't eat eggs because of the texture. He's like, interesting. He's like, you can dress it how you want to. I just don't like the texture of it. <laughs> really? And well, that's funny because you can make eggs so many different ways. Right? They are a ver- just like chicken. It's a pretty versatile meat. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You can do just about anything with yes. it. Yes, I mean, I dude, I could eat scrambled eggs every day. Me too. I love, love them. Some, I like them over easy. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. It's uh, it, yeah, it's crazy, but. Yeah, check out Tales from the Estate. Uh, check out Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there. Absolutely. Uh, trivia with Buds with our pal Ryan Buds dropping trivia every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howlin' with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf. And, of course, don't forget that amazing chop shot. He actually had a couple of yes, releases this past week. What'd you think of those? Dude, I, know. I loved them. Yeah, they're both great. I mean, yeah, fun additions to any collection. Uh, pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at a chair shot. Yes. Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast and uh, with our buddy Richard. And, then of course, catching up with Aaron and Daniel. And then check out our other shows. You know it's fake, right? With me every Monday and a special guest. Um, this past week we had Mick Drake. A lot of people really enjoyed that episode. He's awesome. kind of a guy that's, uh, he's actually a lawyer, which is kind of an interesting job for a pro wrestler. Okay. He does some wrestling all over the place, but uh, really deep dive into pro wrestling and what it takes to make it, which I think. And just, just to clarify, lawyer's not his, like, gimmick. He's like no, a he's shoot a, lawyer. he's a legitimate lawyer yeah. in New York. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> to, to the point, most people's next question is like, and you're a wrestler. Why? Right. <laughs> I do this for fun. Yeah, exactly. You, sir, are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no Holds Barred with Bill Benis dropping on Tuesdays. Yeah. And the TB Toy Cast every Thursday with me and Travis Fowler. Absolutely. All of Bane's music you can find on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your tunes. Yep. And then, of course, uh, Outsiders Beard Co. If you got a beard or you know someone's got a beard, check out Outsiders Beard Co. Get you some beard balm, beard oil. Make that beard look fantastic. We're getting closer and closer to Spring Breaker. Absolutely, we are. going to get them sent soon. Definitely. And then, of course, you want to pick up a T-shirt, you can do that at watermaneuver.net. Uh, search by store for uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. In fact, we actually just dropped a new TB Toy Cast shirt this week. Did you? The, the KB Toys design. Oh, yes. That's a great design. Yeah. Uh, the brainchild of Travis Fowler and uh, Jason Wolf brought it to life. Pretty fun there. But you can also get shirts from a lot of our buddies, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, and many, many others. So check all of them out. We're also on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker and BBPH.RedBubble.com. In fact, I actually showed off a couple of uh, old school BBPH shirts this week. Nice. Uh, that I think a lot of people forgot. The 8-Bit Breaker and Bane one we, we talked about last week because I was wearing it. Yep. And then I found the, uh, the the Roots of Fight parody we did. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. What you did. It was, it was a great shirt. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of hidden gems over on our Redbubble store. That we do. I think a lot of people need to check them out. So if you want to grab a shirt, those are the places to get them. Uh, Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We will see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I dig it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, Put it on the internet.